All right. So we can get into it. We could talk about this first episode of the new and improved movie reviews no one asked for. Um, to anyone that has listened to the old generation of this podcast, we are introducing a co-host, Mr. Alex Price. Hello, that is me. That is you. One of the firm, long-lasting supporters of movie reviews no one asked for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now we are rebirthing this IP, right? So, instead of the quick segmented uh, format that the podcast is taking before, how it's going to work now is it's really just going to be an open discussion between myself and Mr. Price. And for this first episode, we are going to talk about the Suicide Squad, along with talking about Suicide Squad 2016. But yeah, we can get into it. Where do you want to start? Um, well, I think we should definitely start with the first, uh, the new one, not the first one. Um, and just like talk about that one. Cause that just released and then right. we could get into the differences in the chin, uh, you know, between the first one and the, the second one, I guess it's not really a sequel. Is it? It's like a reboot. Sequel? It's I'd say it's more of a soft reboot because you could say it's a sequel in the sense that canonically it takes place in the same world, includes some overlapping characters, Mm -hmm. but there's no consequences in the first film that impact the second film, you know? Yeah, for sure. But honestly, I kind of like that. Like I kind of, you know, this is just like an aside, but if they continued with like a third movie and James Gunn didn't direct it and it was just like completely different Suicide Squad, I would actually be really dig that. I was thinking about that in the theater hmm. um, of like, you know, what if the Suicide Squad was just like a movie franchise that changed completely on like every entry? Um, <laughs> maybe that's that like, would be yeah, a bit of, kind a bit of, of wild. <laughs> but I dig it. I like that. I, I like that approach. But I mean, I think that'd be kind of cool. And they I could also... just like spin off the other characters. Like yeah, I mean, they had Harley, the different. Birds of Prey spin off, and like mm-hmm. you know, we're getting Peacemaker now, which is you know, so. Okay, well, what did you think of the movie? Because I run I run the Instagram stories and I'm going to create an Instagram account, but like I thought it was 10 out of 10. It was in my opinion opinion one of the best comic book movies to come out in like years. Yeah, well, um see, I'm trying to resist talking about the first one because I have some <laughs> some spicy takes now on the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but See, like, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of like, as a comic book movie, a comic book like entertainment movie, it was great. Um, I do think that there's some pacing things that I want to talk about, but like, you know, I really think like if a movie has a really good third act, like, I don't care if the pacing is a little weird in the first or second act. Um, there's like a, spe- a specific sequence I want to talk about. Um, but oh yeah, are we doing spoilers at all? Like, how, you know. How is this- yeah. I was I was about to say because you were talking about that. I think I think we're just gonna need to get into it. So we'll say that right here, right yeah. now. Uh, spoilers ahead uh, for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. If you did not already pick up on that drift, that is and, going to be talked about. And maybe David Ayers or right 
Warner Brothers is suicide. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I, don't, I won't get into that sequence quite yet, but in terms of like my overall thoughts of the movie, um, I, if I, if I were to give it a score, I'd probably give it like a nine out of 10. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, in a lot of ways in the, the, the 2016 version, I think failed. This one didn't fail. Um, and this was also really funny too, which was, you know, made sense, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. I, I definitely think a lot of the things that the 2016 version was trying to do mm-hmm. and failed in execution just were executed seamlessly in this one. Yeah, I I agree. Absolutely. Like it, it it's really hard not to compare them because like there's <laughs> they're two very similar stories, but just like by two, you know, different directors with like, and also this, when I rewatched the, the 2016 one, um, this is this is getting into my spicy takes but like i think i, I could really tell like what the vision was there and you know because like i i've kind of delved into like the behind the scenes a bit and like mm-hmm. what the original cut might have been and i think he was going well david ayer was going for like a kind of a serious take on the suicide squad or you know but like with still a little a little bit of comedy but like more like really grounded and realistic and um and i kind of dug that like when the when that movie shone through like that but then like James Gunn's version is just, you know, not that at all. Well, it's not like it's not realistic. Okay, it's not realistic. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's a comic book movie. And it's right. like what you said. I think it's a really good comic book movie. I, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of get where you're coming from, where rewatching it. Admittedly, I did attempt rewatching it. I did not finish it. <laughs> and I don't think I will finish rewatching that 2016 one yeah um you can definitely see kind of what air was going for in the sense that like you know all these things that we mentioned are like executed better in james gunn's imagining of the story mm-hmm. i think that if david ayer had had his full like director's cut of the movie my guess is it'd become something pretty close to what this 2021 version is. Maybe not as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for to, to describe James Gunn's like style. It's, it wouldn't be as out there, mm-hmm. but definitely like the story is pretty similar. You are, you mentioned that like, yeah. and clearly they have source material to pull from so they kind of know the story beats of how this suicide squad team however they may be lined up in whatever movie how they're kind of gonna make the point that they're disposable in a sense you want to start caring about them and some of the characters will turn their backs on the people controlling them etc etc right mm-hmm. and Really, the issue that I think prevented that first movie from being this air vision is just that when uh, the trailer that had like Bohemian Rhapsody in it, if anyone listening to us recalls, that trailer did incredibly well and made people really excited for the movie. So much so that if I recall correctly, they 
that company were the ones that made the cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's definitely what I've heard. And they're a trailer company, which is just like, you, these are two different things. You know, making a good trailer and making a good movie is just like completely different. Yeah. Well, but I, I read today that the original editor of the film was, uh, I think, Lee Smith, who mm-hmm. edited like Christopher Nolan's movies, like Interstellar mm-hmm. and Dunkirk. And like, mm-hmm. I, I I definitely, okay, I don't want to talk about that movie the whole time because I definitely <laughs> want to talk about the new one. But like, right. I think the main thing that I really struck me as, as, as watching that is like, there seemed like there was a definite effort to make them feel like not good people, which I think they probably toned down a bit um, from the original cut. Like, because like, like in a way, you know, you're not really even supposed to portray in film. Like people were, you know, just really bad. Uh, um, uh, I think that's what he was going for is like to make these villains, like really, really villainous in -hmm. in this movie. Um, And that's the thing I think with the new one is they're not, they don't really seem like, I mean, they're kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> admittedly, um, yeah, some of the characters are pretty dumb. One of them is literally a shark that can talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because I, I definitely like the new way better because I think it's a really slippery slope to portray um, characters as like, that's actually a really interesting dilemma, I think, in film, but like to portray characters as like, really really terrible awful people and like not in a hollywood sense but like in a real sense yeah Um, and i mean part of that is like how can they redeem themselves especially if they're the protagonist of a film whether they be really leaning towards a lawful good or towards like a true neutral chaotic neutral of like some sort of anti-hero oh yeah if they have this like characterization where they're just pure evil like a red skull type figure in the mcu or just yeah. in marvel in general like those people aren't necessarily who you want to watch and root for in a movie and it's interesting that we talk about this because i'm starting to think about another dc movie that just mm-hmm. came out where they took someone who i think historically is kind of in this sense of like evil right being the joker and they made him a morally middle ground character at the start and like you see him like get corrupted in this in the movie joker and stuff like that so it's not unheard of for them to like change a character like that but if that is what Ayer's cut was like aiming for like really portraying them as like just like terrible then yeah well i was just re- i mean obviously it's never it's not out but i think i was right. reading some stuff about it and like you can see a little bit in the the theatrical cut like i mean slipknot apparently was just like super awful and like they they had if you remember the character slipknot but like yeah i don't even want to get into all the stuff that apparently these characters were supposed to be um mm-hmm. but like slipknot you know like the oh maybe it's I mean, no it's slipknot i think it's like like punches somebody like punches a woman as soon as he's out of the car or something and like captain boomerang is just like punching people left and right like soldiers and they're just like not good people in the original and okay i don't even want to really talk about the original that was just i don't know i'm getting (laughs) yeah we're really just yeah i think i'm just really into like movies that are um i don't don't even know how to describe it it's not like it's a bad bad movie but it's a movie that like was cut up so much by 
um, you know, by like a studio and you can see this, you know, you can like see what, where the movie maybe would have gone and stuff, but like, yeah. Okay. Right. No, no, no it makes sense. Talk about that one. I mean, it's yeah. interesting to see why a movie doesn't do successfully. Right. Yeah. Well, I think just to wrap up, okay, the wrap up my point on this, because I think like it's, yeah, like I said, it's a really slippery slope in films like portray characters who, well, one, like you said with Joker, who were like in you know, historically really bad people in the comics and then like make them, um, you know, more, what's the word? Um, I, I don't want to say likable, but like, you know, give them like when the movie Joker, you know, you could come out of that, like, you know, society, what well, probably you, could, you yeah. could root for Joker, right? You would see his, his motivations, even though he does like really terrible things in the movie. Um, and then with like, you know, David Ayer's Suicide Squad, um, I don't think like I don't think that he is he was characterizing them as like really bad people because he was going to redeem them. I think it was just like what he was going for of like let's have real villains and in, in this. But honestly, I don't. Yeah, I don't really like that. Like I don't know if I because I mean, if they're if they're also like supposed to be the protagonists of the movie, um, and I think maybe I'll bring up like Infinity War Avengers because I'm also rewatching that at the moment. And mm-hmm. Thanos is like the protagonist of that movie, and he's the villain. But he's also given really relatable motivations, I think, right. in a way, very human motivations. Um, and he doesn't do anything terrible without, you know, uh, ends justifying the means in his head. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just, it's just really like uncomfortable to talk about characters who who do very uncomfortable things in a movie, and then you root for you have to root for them as the villain. So maybe, maybe now that I'm thinking in retrospect, maybe that's why his cut was cut down. But I still would be interested to see it. Um, but okay, not talking about that. Talking about the new one. Um, yeah, I think I think the way that he does the James Gunn did the the new characters, I really like because they're they're still like morally questionable and they're still like villains, you know. Um, right. But they're like you have characters like Ratcatcher, who's just you know. I, I loved her character so much. And that one scene with her dad at the end, with Taika yeah. Waititi, yeah. that, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought she was, if not the, one of the standout characters of the whole film. Like, yeah. a character that I had never heard about before, and suddenly I want to see that character in many more projects you know Mm -hmm. and i mean not to say i mean honestly many of the characters that were introduced in this film i would want to see in more dc movies and tv shows and stuff like that but it wasn't all new people right like there was harley quinn there was uh waller was back and boomerang was shortly back <laughs> and you know, it wasn't completely new people, but pretty much everyone that they introduced, even many of the the people that died very quickly. But mm-hmm. like I want to see more of these people. And you know, for for those that don't know, there's gonna be a follow-up series on HBO Max following John Cena's Peacemaker character. And that's just like one example of like, I'd want to see that for many of these people. Mm-hmm. Sadly, I mean, you know, some of them die. 
Some of the best ones die, like Polka Dot Man. Oh, I but, was so sad when he died. Dude. He was... Okay, it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, mm-hmm. and King Shark just completely are the finishing touches of that movie. Yeah. I, like, I think those three characters are what make the difference between the, that and the and the 2016 one, I feel like. Right. In, and, in you know, like Idris Elba and yeah. John Cena in their, like, heavier roles, heavier being, like, they have, like, more screen time, more dialogue, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, what's, the, what's the captain's name? I can't remember his name. Uh, Rick Flagg? Rick Flagg, yeah. And, yeah. and Rick Flagg, right? Like, they're great, too. Mm-hmm. But they are very much like the meat of the movie. And mm-hmm. even if a performance like theirs is, if the performances in the leading roles are really good, but other things are unpolished, then it can sort of taint the taste of the film. But with like the characters that are in supporting roles, like Polka Dot Man, King Shark, Ratcatcher 2, even I would say Harley Quinn is more of a supporting role in this one. Like, yeah they like just make the movie have like this like really unique feel in my opinion yeah absolutely i i totally agree i i think i'm, I'm when i think about it i feel like there isn't like a i mean you could maybe say blood spore just like the main character right um but you know once they once they get going it like doesn't it feels like they're, they're all the main characters in a way and all, yeah. also side characters i guess and like i i just love like you know the i mean the action scenes are cool and stuff like that but like i really like the, the quieter scenes as well like like i mentioned that rat catcher scene towards the end um mm-hmm. with her and her dad um and then also like the scene on the bus with you know rat catcher and, and blood sport uh, like talking to each other and you yeah. know, being vulnerable and stuff. And those scenes are great. They're really, really human. And, um, and then the one like shot of King shark on the bus, looking out, <laughs> being really sad that he can't go into the, the Dude, bar or something. King shark is oh, yeah. just like, I felt so bad for him throughout <laughs> most of the movie. Like he, 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 he feels like such a misunderstood creature mm-hmm. and that's well, clearly he has no one that can relate to him in this situation he's literally a living shark amongst like humanoid things yeah and like uh like when he meets those creatures towards like the end of the film that like he thinks are just like his his friends and stuff like that yeah and then they attack him <laughs> oh god i really and, wanted i wanted him to get like a break you know i wanted yeah him... yeah he he definitely <laughs> never caught a break <laughs> Yeah, and then he like when he almost died with they were attacking him and then getting shot. I was like, oh my heart, I can't, I can't take this with, with um poor King Shark. Also Sylvester Stallone like doing a yeah. really great job. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to forget that that's who is doing the. I totally voice forgot. Like I knew it was him from the first moment time he talked, but then I, I just you know forgot while I was watching. It was it was Rocky. Um, yeah, it was a very <laughs> characterized performance. Like mm-hmm. easily stand out in my opinion oh, yeah. but uh with all this character stuff like i think that that is another thing where in to make another comparison like i really cared about these characters in this 2021 
film. Like, yeah. I was at, in the third act. I was not prepared for any of them to die. Like, I was, dude. Like, we're talking about King Shark. Like, I was scared. <laughs> If King Shark died, I would have been sad. But like in that 2016 film, I I like I don't care for any of those characters. Yeah, I totally get that. Um because they're all like kind of, you know, bad, I guess. I guess they're yeah. bad in the in the new one too. Like cuz I'm thinking like why why do I like the characters in the new one and not like the characters in the old one? Um you because know, I think I like the movie more. Like that's my spicier take. Is I, I think I do like the original rewatching it. Um, like it's entertaining. I feel like you know it's got decent action scenes. The score is really good too. Um, actually, like that I noticed that. The, the, honestly, the worst part of the first one is like the first thirty minutes when they have the like montage of all the characters, and you can tell it clearly <laughs> wasn't supposed to be edited like this. Yeah, and, it's it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's so it drags so hard. But once they like get together, it's it's honestly not terrible. But yeah, but like the new one, you you really like the characters a lot, and like even even Peacemaker and Bloodsport, um, you know, because like there's that one scene right when they're going through the the camp to rescue Rick Flag, and like they're you know competing about who can kill in the most do- dopest way possible, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> and then great scene. Yeah, great scene. And then, you know, and then when they get to Rick Flag, it's like, oh, these are the freedom fighters. And they just stand there like, you know, it's a, it's a decent gag, but it's also like, well, geez. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like they didn't do that, I guess, like, because I think, yeah, in a lot of ways, like they're not openly malicious. They're just kind of like, um, I guess, ignorant, you know, and, yeah. and, and they all believe what they're doing is right in a way. Well, I mean, Peacemaker is like, you know, I cherish peace. Yeah. Um, he's literally, he, he says <laughs> stuff like I'll oh, do anything it takes to protect America, basically, or something like that. Yeah. To protect freedom, I think is what he says. Like Peacemaker is such a weird character. Yeah, and dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, and this is this is kind of a big spoiler, so like jump ahead okay. maybe a few minutes if you don't want to hear this, but like mm. the twist of Peacemaker being a villain yeah, did not did not predict that i i did not foresee that watching the film so it actually caught me off guard when it happened i I definitely didn't you know that's i think when i was getting to the point in the movie i was maybe maybe i was just getting confused Mm -hmm. um because i don't i i i think like it caught me off guard but then it was also like completely in line with this character and i thought that was a super like that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is that whole fight scene yeah and and the way that it's like framed in the helmet Oh yeah, and then oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's so cool. And then like Ratcatcher, and then when he, I think, oh because I think this is the maybe this is like the reason why you actually like these characters is because you can see like moments of empathy and moments of of humanness come through. Right. And the first one you you had a little bit with like the bar scene, but then they're still really mean to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Diablo is talking about like, oh yeah, I killed my wife and my kids and Harley's like own that or something. Yeah. And the first one was like, okay, they're, they're really bad people. But like in the second one, yeah, you have like when peacemakers, you know, needs to kill a rat catcher or something like, cause she knows too much. And then he like hesitates for a second. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's like, you don't need to kill me, you know? And then he's like, I'm thorough. Oh my God. That that moment, like, oh, 
That was so good. It broke my heart. Yeah, um, yeah, because he because he said something like she said something like, "Why don't you just like destroy mm-hmm. the device?" Yeah, and he yeah he's like I'm thorough, and it's like, well, I get where he's coming from because of like just like his weird like personal beliefs, but it's also like it's it's a little tragic. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I'm I'm not kidding. Like, I I did not see the twist coming, and. Like you said, like they empathize these characters very well to a point where it's like when it did happen, I was like, ah, like, oh, yeah, for you sure. know, like I felt I, I just felt bad. I was like, man, I, I didn't want something like this. Maybe this is a good time to talk about Amanda Waller because, right, honestly, like Viola Davis in the first one and the second one is just as good. She's like the writing, I think, is probably better in the second one a bit, but gosh, she is like so good at that character. Um, it's She's probably my favorite part about, not maybe not my favorite part, but she's consistently a really great part of both of these films. Like, mm. um, and then you know, because if you want to think of like a true villain of both of the movies, probably she's probably there. Right. Like Peacemaker wouldn't have done that without Amanda Waller, right, you know, right? Covering things up and that twist wouldn't have happened. His contractor. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, she's she's so good. Because, but like even with her though, especially in the second one too, like. A scene with her in Bloodsport, and where she's like, "I'll make you a leader." You know that was great. But then, like, I think it was something. This is this is just how Amanda. I mean, I don't have a great comic knowledge, but I know like in the comics, this is how she is, is like this, you know, ruthless by any means kind of um, character. Right. But it's all like in the service of America or protecting <laughs> liberty or something, you know. And, and yeah. well, yeah. sure. Um, but. And yeah, like all the characters are just super true to themselves, like, you know, Peacemaker. Um, uh, but I, I mean, that whole ending scene, though, actually, because like Rick Flag, you know, kind of kind of shakes him a little bit right at the end of the fight scene um, with that, that one line of like, what is that? Peacemaker, what a joke. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I really like that line. I, mm. I think it's definitely setting him up to be have like a really interesting TV series for sure, because he oh, might be definitely he, yeah, he might be like pretty conflicted as a character maybe at the start of that because of what he went yeah. through. Yeah, and I think that I mean that's like the thing you know we were talking earlier about like you know you don't want the people that you're following the whole film to be strictly evil. Oh yeah, and they're building uh, Peacemaker as some sort of conflicted figure, and with Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. while she does have some sort of like motives for her ruthlessness, like they don't really characterize her in a way that makes it like, I don't empathize with her. You know what I mean? Like she's very much a character where if she, you know, kicked the bucket in the film, I would have been like, yes, like, thank you. You know? Well, Cause I think, I think she's the antagonist of the film to be honest. Yeah, like right. no, like Starro's, you know, maybe the physical antagonist, but like, you know, you have the line at the end of like, when he dies of like, I was there's also okay maybe there's just so many good lines because I keep thinking of all these lines mm-hmm. um uh like what is it you know I was I was floating in the stars and I was happy or something yeah he 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 was happy like staring at the stars being in peace because yeah. you know the the government and like NASA or whatever like they I was gonna say kidnapped would you would you say star napped they 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 <laughs> they took Starro and yeah like experimented on him and stuff like that and it's like i had i had an easier time empathizing with sorrow than i would with amanda waller and i think i think that's good you know that's that's a good thing that they're 
making her out to like feel like the antagonist in that way but it, it just goes to show like why that 2016 film mm-hmm. didn't work as well or couldn't have like if they had tried to stick with like if we were watching a bunch of amanda wallers who were all that like corrupt like you wouldn't you'd kind of want them all to like not make it you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean in the first one i think deadshot is is not irredeemable i'd say oh yeah probably I, Boomer, yeah i think he's and, one of the most redeemable characters in the he first definitely movie. is but then like he's also like i think there's a line because this is like so confusing because you don't know if like this is different in the original cut but when i was watching i think there was a line where somebody's like doubting him on like his conviction of being a villain or something mm-hmm. and then he's like i kill and i like it or something like that and then and then you know it seems like they're setting him up to like have a big redemption arc and i guess he kind of does but yeah yeah and in the, the maybe this is okay maybe this is just what james gunn is really good at because like if you think back to like volume two um guardians like right. his villain every everybody who's like a real villain is completely um unempathizable is that a word um yeah, sure well yeah we'll like, induct it into webster's yeah yes like ego you know is Okay, I've also been watching all the Marvel movies again, which is why I'm referencing that. Right, <laughs> but, right, you know, right, right. Ego, like, is just awful, you know, and, like, terrible father and, like, puts cancer in, you know, Peter Quill's, like, mom's uh, head and all that. And, yeah. You know, and super irredeemable. And Amanda Waller, very irredeemable. Um, you know, so, like, all the... And I think that's that's good because like, I guess at least in, in James Gunn's movies, cause like it paints a very clear image of where the heroes are and where they aren't, you know? Um, but yeah, cause everybody you can kind of empathize with is definitely, he's really good at that too. Like really good at getting you to empathize with, with characters. Um, cause like, I definitely don't hate Peacemaker. Like I, I get where he was coming from a little bit. He's right. he's really, he's really like, you know, not, he's got some things to work out for sure but like you know. right yeah yeah um, you know uh some he needs to learn uh about like doing things i think that like the thing that will kind of redeem him as a character if he mm-hmm. ever gets redeemed will be like understanding his moral compass for like what he wants instead of doing it for like what he thinks is right yeah you know and uh in the movie he has this turn and it's you know it it seems to be because it's he was employed right by waller to be a double turn Mm -hmm. and it seems that it's because like he he believes that that is like the thing to do for justice or something like that but um like that hesitation that he shows right that's like how you know that he's a redeemable character because he has like his own self interest and his own emotions and stuff like that. So like he, I'm sure somewhere inside of that John Cena physique, there's like some sort of, I know this is wrong, but I still impulsively feel the urge to do it. You know? Oh yeah. I mean like, cause with him, you know, he's, his whole character is about like, and that's probably the reason that Waller entrusted him. To like you know be the double agent is because his right. whole character is about we must protect you know the greater good no matter the cost the greatest country on earth the, yeah. in his eyes yeah <laughs> um 
this is an aside, but like the Peacemaker Twitter account has apparently got some like some some spicy stuff on there. Yeah, and there's something... I saw some beef with like Marvel and pretty. Yeah, sure. there's something about like Captain America and like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but this is an aside. <laughs> but yeah, like you know. But I think the thing is because like you know if he can be if he if Peacemaker can have his like core beliefs challenged um then i think you know if like that, that was a really good character to be the one who's like doubting himself because like if john cena <laughs> peacemaker you know just like terminated his way through the last act and like didn't show any remorse mm-hmm. i definitely wouldn't like him as much i'd be like oh well he was kind of a you know bad person now he's more of a bad person right um so but yeah i really i really like that like it's like, it's really complicated and, you know like Oh, this that rat catcher scene is just so good. But I think we could probably gush about Peacemaker for a while, um, because but like the TV show is going to come out, so maybe we could talk about other characters. But right, I mean, honestly, characters aside, yeah, I think one of the things that this film like does leaps and bounds better than the first one is the mm-hmm. writing, at least oh, yeah. in what in what makes it into what is actually released. Like, I'm not sure if David Ayer's like writing is different than what Warner Brothers released, but like the the screenplay and the script or whatever, like it's, it's night and day. Yeah. Especially I wrote this in, in some notes, especially for Harley Quinn. And I'm not sure if that's just because she's been in three movies already as yeah. this character. She already, she's had a lot of time to like sort of get in touch with the character and for other people to like, see like what is presented and stuff like that. But, like, when I was trying to rewatch the first one, the writing for Harley Quinn felt so, like, I don't want to say try hard, but just, like, very much it felt like uh, this is what I think Harley Quinn should sound like. But the, yeah. in this new film, and in, and in Birds of Prey, too, it, it, it gets even more polished into, like, this actually feels like what a Harley Quinn character in real life would kind of feel like well you know in the original one this kind of like again goes back to like how david ayer's original is apparently very you know i don't i don't know i don't even know how to describe <laughs> it but like apparently and this is how it is in the comics too, but like joker and harley have an abusive relationship right um you know and i love the the harley quinn like animated show the tv show it's mm-hmm. so good i don't know if you've seen it but like it's so good mm-hmm. um and it, its depiction of Harley is just like spot on, um, but you know, like the stuff with the with Joker and Harley, like Joker is like objectively not a good person for Harley, you know. Yeah. And I think the TV show starts with Harley like breaking up with Joker in a really great way. Um, and the original was apparently supposed to depict that stuff, and um, you know, and again, like this is the whole debate of like depicting you know abusive relationships in film. Um, which I think is probably why WB cut it out because they, they didn't want to do that. Um, but apparently, like Harley, her her arc in that movie was to break away from Joker, um, and like you know refuse him basically and, and understand her own self value and worth. Which you know I think is a, is, is a pretty decent arc and it's at least an arc. Like in the first movie, she doesn't really have an arc. You know, like she starts the movie liking Joker a lot and she ends the movie literally ends the movie like joker rescued me oh yay and and that's why i think birds of prey really stepped in and like 
fix that because like the first thing was you know they broke up which like good you know um like um and then i think i think the suicide squad took it further but this is the thing i think with the suicide squad because like i love harley in that movie but my biggest issue with the pacing honestly is the part when it like turns into a harley quinn short short film in a way with um i don't know you might if you feel free to disagree with me on this um but like i feel like yeah that part with the general it almost doesn't feel necessary yeah i can can agree with that like that because just imagine for a second like that general character didn't exist and we only had the second general character who's the villain right or who's you know commanding the army like yeah and you cut out all of the harley quinn love scene stuff and harley just like pops back in in the third act which you know i I would want to see more harley like i'm not complaining would the movie be any different no i don't think so um but 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 you know this is the thing though with like because that's me thinking like a studio exec because you know the whole scene with harley and the general was really great characterization for her you know like like we're talking about with writing and showing i really really loved (laughs) i loved how I don't know. This is going to be weird to say, but I liked how she killed him really quick uh, after he's, you know, he's like, we're going to kill all the, all the people. And, and, you know, he said, said that one bad thing. And then she said something like, I've already been down this rabbit hole, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then she breaks up with him in her Harley Quinn way. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe I'm coming around on that scene right now. Um, cause I, I, I love the scene, like as a, as a little standalone thing, I think that scene is so good. And then her breaking out of the compound, well, no, that's later, you know, but right. all that stuff, I really love it. But like, it also doesn't feel super connected to the main plot. I think that's, that's how I'll bring it back in. I don't know. What I, do, I mean, I, I definitely feel like, uh, Harley's story in this movie mm-hmm. is a B plot, if yeah. not a C plot. Like it's, you know, it, uh is not super consequential there it not to say it's not at all but like you definitely could go without it and have some of like the impact in that story explained in other ways mm-hmm. but i mean sometimes you just need to be plot and like uh some people probably like really enjoyed it not to say that i that we didn't but like oh, yeah. I, 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 I totally I, get where you're coming from like yeah uh it would have i would have preferred to see in that first however long like first two acts i think like her with the rest of the main team more i agree it was very it it was very interesting to see her as a part of like the the disposable squad that's first introduced Mm -hmm. and i don't know It, it it separates her in a way where like most of her scenes not most of but a a fair amount of her scenes in the film are like just her you know yeah you know maybe maybe that's honestly i think you you described it better than i did because like i would have loved to see her more with all the other characters and like you know there's a funny gag at the end where she gets blood sports name wrong but that's also like (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's also like you know (laughs) man okay hold up okay sure We, we have to talk about the, the comedic timing in the film mm. is superb because <laughs> it's it's it sets up punchlines that you don't even realize are going to come. Yeah. Like uh, what you were just talking about with like the the Milton thing, like getting his name wrong. 
Like you see that whole interaction play out when that character dies, Milton dies, and they're they're all just like, "Who's Milton?" And like, <laughs> Polka Dot Man is like, "Are you crazy? Are you serious right now?" But uh, um, it, it plays off in a very funny way, and you're like, "Okay, well, that was a nice like, yeah, little one-off scene joke type thing." And then the whole third act basically happens, and then the joke makes a return, and it just feels so like, "Oh wow, you set that up." really perfectly you know yeah well and did you did you see milton in the big team up shot in the rain did you catch that yeah okay good <laughs> yeah no i i was aware of him the whole time oh. he wasn't saying anything though and i was so confused i was just like what is up with this character like why is he not talking at all and then he's, i mean i, I just yeah. felt like why is he with them you know but right <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> But, like, it, another example of, like, this, like, comedic timing setup is, like, the whole thing with Polka Dot Man. Yeah. And when they're fighting Starro and Bloodsport is, like, that's your mom. He's, like, yelling. He's, like, that's your mom. Yeah. And he, like, looks up at, dude, like. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that made me crack up. <laughs> in the theater i mean the whole audience was laughing but like me and the person i went with were like hyenas hysterically laughing at that scene i it was when i when i went and saw it um i'm in i'm in bloomington now uh well i guess i'm doxing myself but (laughs) we can edit that out (laughs) i mean Um, that's you didn't didn't give away anything important but yeah um but yeah when i went to go see it because like we have mask mandates everything here um there's only like five people in the theater um Mm. But when we got to that section, all five of us just like cracked up so hard. <laughs> um, but that's another thing like James Gunn's really good about is setting up these jokes. Like, because there was the <laughs> the mother gag is so funny. <laughs> Dude, on- honestly, I'm not even joking. The first time that the gag came up, I was kind of like, I kind of cringed a little bit. I was just like, <laughs> okay, like this is like such a like lame joke. And, no, I did. I did too a little bit, but like now thinking of the, where that joke leads to is like so ex- funny. Exactly, it, it it's it sets it up to the point where like you're not ex you're it, it subverts your ex- expectations. Yeah, like you you have no idea that it's coming, and then Bloodsport delivers that line, and it just shows a like the giant mom actress just like Godzilla like. Uh, what's 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 the term for like Godzilla, King Kong, kaiju? Ka- kaiju? Yeah, like a kaiju j- version of his mom <laughs> just destroying stuff, and well, you they, you, yeah. you have you can't see it coming. There's no way you can see it coming. <laughs> they they really hammer home the mother thing. I mean, like it's like pretty much everywhere in Polka Dot's like lines. It's either in his like you know empathetic backstory about his mom, or it's in like his gags. You know, so I guess it made it made sense, but mm-hmm. you know, also like, did you did you kind of get any Avengers parallels in like in the ending fight, especially with like Bloodsport commanding him, and then there was the the King Shark like Hulk smash moment, but it was like, you know, perhaps, but like I feel it's easy to call those Avengers parallels because it's just the most successful, but I feel like that's kind of like what you'd need to do for a squad based superhero thing. Like there are certain points that you need to hit, you know, like someone needs to be a leader. I bring it up because like, I mean, it felt like deliberately, I mean, not just like Avengers as a, you know, IP, but like the first movie, like deliberately felt like a callback to that moment after they've, Mm. you know, circled up 
and then Captain America's like ordering them around, and then right. Bloodsport's like order, you know, Harley get up, get up high, and then Polka Dot Man, blah blah blah, and then King Shark, mm-hmm. you know, what do you even say to him? But then King Shark jumps like away, and it just reminded me very much like I thought. I thought it was a deliberate thing, but it, maybe it, not. It, honestly, there's a good chance that it was because James Gunn is just like a genius at the mm-hmm. stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, but you you. you you kind of made me remember something that I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. uh, with like Harley. Like he's like go up top and stuff like that. And she has like this whole like huge long winded plot about the javelin and like not knowing what to do with it. And then, oh, you know, she figures out what to do with it. And I'm getting, I'm going through all of this just to talk about when she gets inside of Starro, like yeah. not even just then when she escapes from like the, imprisonment type stuff like the way that they stylized her scenes in this movie are the best that i think that they've done for her. oh yeah like the sequence where she's like first escaping and like there's like you're it, i think the idea is supposed to be like how in birds of it's similar to birds of prey like mm-hmm. you're inside of her mind and like all these like colors on the screen are like you yeah. know like that's that's like it's very Deadpool like like in that first scene in Deadpool with like everything popped up you know and you can yeah 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 image into his yeah Hartley's so great and you know I have to wonder though I'm not not in like a contradictory way but I have to wonder if like Margot Robbie is kind of executive producing Harley or just like producing Harley's character behind Dude, the scenes so she continuity. has to she she has to be like yeah it, it, like I feel like once you've done the role so many times it's like you understand the character the best. You oh, know yeah. What I mean? And I'm sure James Gunn's the kind of director to be like, yeah, yeah, Margot, just like do your thing. And like, you know, she could have input. I I, so I think she honestly, because I'm trying to remember, I think she like did have like maybe a produ- producing credit on Suicide Squad or something. Because like, you know, she, um, yeah, she owns the role. Like she's so good as Harley Quinn. Um, right. And, you know, like, yeah, to clarify about all those scenes, like, you know, with her in the general, I loved all those scenes. They're so good and so funny. And like, they also push her character forward even more. Like, you know, that scene with the general reinforces everything from Bird of Pre- Birds of Prey. Um, and I mm-hmm. want to, like, I really hope they're leading up to just like a straight up Harley Quinn solo movie, which would be, you know, or like maybe another movie with her in it. Um, I hope so. I mean, she's like, she's one of, in, in, in a way, in my head, in my head canon, mm-hmm. she is like the singular strand that's kind of, keeping the new canon and the old canon even though even though Mm -hmm. you know there's not there hasn't been like any strict like all right new generation old generation dceu but just like that suicide squad first movie right like was pretty clearly in the same like uh space as like batfleck and henry cavill right uh, and you know, like Ben Affleck's Batman shows up in that first Suicide Squad movie. There's there's For, scenes from Batman v Superman in that movie too. Like you're watching, it's, it's really connected to right the whole universe. And then you know, DC had their whatever, <laughs> and like kind of started. They 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 kind of like told us like they were gonna try and not super interweb everything, and then you get movies like shazam and like that sort of stuff but then they have like the solo standalone film 
Birds of Prey, which is a team film, but I just mean standalone in the sense of it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a Harley Quinn movie. And uh, it's like one of the only things that has shown up as of late that still feels like part of that old stuff. Like, I mean, Wonder Woman does too. And like Wonder Woman 1982 yeah. is, I think is a year, like 84, or 84 something like that. I, th- um, I think Wonder Woman's kind of, in her own thing now like yeah exactly that's how i feel too like Mm -hmm. it wonder woman does not feel like it's being held back by any chains of like what what dc once was or was once trying to be yeah and it doesn't feel like harley quinn is necessarily being held back either but it feels like it feels like the genetic dna yeah of like okay we've learned from our mistakes and here's what we've learned and it's being presented through Harley Quinn's character. That's super interesting. Like, actually, I totally agree. Like, I feel like you can you can trace her character, you know, from, yeah, the origins of this, like, universe to the latest film that just released. Right. Um, and in a way that you can't do even with, like, you know, Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, it's, which is interesting. It's weird. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's weird, dude. Like, it's it it's weird. one of the only things, like... With Batman, like, I mean, Batman's a whole other story. But, like, in terms of, like, they're they're making a new Batman movie is what I'm I'm trying to relay to. And it's sort of, like, it's it's not – it's so interesting to see, like – it's interesting – man, I'm I'm just repeating myself. But, like, (laughs) with Harley Quinn, it's – the the fact that you can see mm-hmm. the change in DC through the lens of watching Harley Quinn's stories in yeah. the movies that she's in is just so weird because you I, can't do that for anyone else yet. Yeah, honestly, I mean, in a way, like, and then we're gonna gonna get off a little off track and just talking about DC now, but like in a way, DC's like failings with you know their connected universe but still keeping the same actors and actresses like um is has made made like you know has made me kind of really reconsider what like is important in like a connected movie universe like Mm -hmm. i really like the idea of like harley quinn being margot robbie and yeah you can trace her throughout all the movies but like it's very clearly in a way um well you know let me talk about like rick flag for a second actually because like rick flag it obviously is the same actor as this and then it's 2016 one but he's like you know pretty much a different character a little bit at least like he's still military dude you yeah. know but he's he, in the first one he's definitely yeah he's just he's just not really the same character um and i really like the idea of like the same actors playing different almost different versions of the character but interpreted through different directors i think that's super cool um you know and but but still like loosely building on like you know harley recognized boomerang from the first one and right. and rick flag so it's clearly in a way like in the same universe um but i think there's so much potential there like i'm i'm super cool with actors just popping up and playing like you know um yeah like 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 uh, wonder woman you know gal gadot playing um a version of wonder woman in her solo films and then playing a different version of her you know in like the newest snyder cut of the justice league right Um, like i i just it's really hard to trace like a line between those two movies like 84 and the snyder cut in a way but like 
I think it's super cool. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. You know, so they're clearly doing something different than like Marvel. Um, and I'm kind of all for it. Like I'm, I'm all for both of them, you know, but I think that's, it's kind of just um, like if we had, here's another example. It's like we had a, a Joaquin Phoenix, if he, if he'll do it, pop up in like the Batman, but as playing a completely different version of Joker, um, mm. that would be cool. I think that would be really cool. Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah. You know, um, like I think just let, let actors do multiple inter- interpretations of the same character. That'd be kind of interesting. I think this is another example of that. I just can't remember. Well, I mean, um, like another example, not in the DCEU, but in mm-hmm. DC in general, is just like Mark Hamill has done mm-hmm. the Joker so many times, more than any other person. Yeah. But, you know, it's not it's not always the same Joker because, you know, he's done it in multiple TV shows of Batman and like whatever and like games and stuff like that, like clearly different iterations of the same character and it, it, it i think that that'd just be interesting i agree with you I, I think it'd be nice to be able to see like a character like or an actor like joaquin phoenix present the joker again but mm-hmm. not have it be strictly connected to the film that he released yeah i, I think it's a super cool idea like and i um, I think that's to tie it back into Suicide Squad. I think that's kind of what Margot Robbie's doing with Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if a solo movie pops up, it might be a little bit different than than the James Gunn version, but still keep like very loosely the same events. You know, the same kind of like like I think just yeah overall like it doesn't have to be you know everything super set in stone. Like I just want to see directors make cool stuff. And yeah. Speaking of that, maybe yeah to really tie it back into Suicide Squad. Um, I really like that, like, you know, you can really tell it's like just a James Gunn movie and, yeah. you know, James oh, Gunn, yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you ever seen Super, by the way, his like original? No, I, it, it has a, it has Ryan Wilson, right? Uh, yeah, that movie yeah. is, <laughs> that movie's really weird. Dude, I mean, <laughs> n- I, I literally watched Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed the other day, <laughs> a J- another James Gunn film. And think, he like, wrote that. I don't think he directed it. Did he direct it? I I uh, I think he had a producer role. Okay. He didn't direct it, but yeah. like you know, it's just like it has the James Gunn DNA. I love and that like, he, he's involved in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But um, like it's just it's just so interesting seeing like you could watch any of his films or anything that he's like written or been a part of in that sense, like. And you can just tell, like this is this is him, mm-hmm. and it's it, it in in the new Suicide Squad, twenty twenty one Suicide Squad. It's super apparent for me in the way that his directing choices of making it a super comic book type movie mm-hmm. with the like the words showing up in the landscapes and stuff like that. Yeah, you know I'm what I'm talking about. That. I'm glad, so glad you mentioned that because that was that was such a cool cool uh, motif and then yeah. when I built up to the uh the starro versus the suicide squad i was like dude yeah. <laughs> that is just the type of thing that shouldn't work <laughs> you know like that is the, that was the most comic book thing of the whole movie mm-hmm. and it it stopped the momentum of the movie to announce what was happening <laughs> 
and you're just, and like like you said like as an audience member you're just like oh boy like let, let's go let's let's get into it and yeah. it it's so i don't i can't think of other directors who could pull off something so quirky yeah you know yeah i mean i think it's it's kind of like the mother thing too it's like if you take the final scene out of context it's just like what is this you know with the with the mom joke um the mom dude the mom joke a giant starfish creature like with some sort of like uh like parasite symbiotic thing like it and yeah literally that whole everything in that scene yeah and and then and then an army of rats going inside of the starfish and like eating its nerves and stuff like that like but like that's the brilliant part is like you know all of those things you mentioned are are also anchored like you know in really human things like with the like when you think of the rats what do you think of first thing well i think of rat catcher okay but also (laughs) sebastian right yeah well yeah 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 yeah. because like your first introduction to rat catchers rats is like sebastian being super cute (laughs) dude the the line when he's like he's like why is it waving at me (laughs) and he's like i think he's just trying to be kind or something like that (laughs) or polite i love when rat catchers like offering a leaf to blood sport he's like he was he was giving your pretty leaf and like Bloodsport's like no, and then he just like puts the leaf down, and he has the saddest look on his face, and it's just <laughs> it's so good because like you know I, I brought him up because like when when I think of the rats, I think of Sebastian, and I think they're all like Sebastian, right? And right. So, and instantly James Gunn has made an army of rats super, you know, um, super cute and super empathetic, and like you're you're rooting for them instantly, and then like Starro. With one line, he turns Starro the Conqueror into Starro the Misunderstood Starfish Creature. Yeah, out of space. Yeah, you know, and he's so good at this. Um, and he just does it over and over again. And like the Peacemaker line, like with not even a line, but just like his hesitation with Ratcatcher and and um, uh, I kind of want to talk about Bloodsport too because I really like Bloodsport like a lot. Um, I. I thought his his costume was cool. I thought Idris Elba was super cool, and I think he deserves more roles, um, or more leading roles. Right. Um, I uh, I have not heard anything that I don't agree with yet. So, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> like I think Idris Elba is like awesome. Yeah. You know? I I can't think of. I mean, I mean, are there any like other really huge leading roles he's done? I can't think of. Any uh, I believe it's. I believe it was uh, the Wire. I think is the show. That I'm yeah. thinking of that he like starred in. I guess I'm thinking um, of movies. I've never seen The Wire, but I heard good things. I can't. I mean, I personally can't think of any leading roles that he's in. But I mean, maybe yeah. I'm just ignorant to his filmography. I'll look but, it like, up later. But um, but like just, even yeah. even like in like the MCU, mm-hmm. like taking such a great actor and putting him as Heimdall, which which don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. Heimdall's great. Yeah, but it's like. You you'd want to see such a good actor in leading roles, like you're saying. Yeah. So like, I I think it's really awesome that James Gunn just like gives it to him. Oh yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's maybe another thing we could talk about some other time. Is like, you know, actors in Hollywood who are play like side characters who totally could just be you know leading people, leading roles like, and they just need the chance. I think 
I, I mean, I, okay, I'm I'm probably being a fool right now. I'm missing like a movie that he starred in. Um, but I, <laughs> I okay, I'm him. looking it up right now. <laughs> but he was just great. Like you know, um, I think he. Uh, um, also, there was a scene with the the his daughter early on, which I think was maybe slightly over the top, but I think it was purposely over the top, like in how he they were cussing each other out. Right. Um, I think it was over the top specifically to deviate from the first one, because like you know, here we go, we got another mercenary character with like a, <laughs> a young daughter who's gonna, you know, that's his weakness. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing with Bloodsport is like I think he did love his daughter, obviously. Um, like or he wouldn't have you know done this. Um, but it was a lot more sub, you know, subtle, um, and well, I mean, not not really even that. I think it's just like he deep down, I think, is like a super good guy in a way. Like he's you know he's a mercenary and blah blah blah. But like you know, I, in a way that I didn't really get from Deadshot. Like Deadshot, and this is another thing though, is because like Will Smith playing Deadshot in the first one, I think, was battling Will Smith the typecast in a way. Right. And so he was making him more villainous than normal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Deadshot is, is yeah, you definitely get the sense like he's a villain, not like, you know, he's Will, Will Smith, the hero. Um, but, you know, Bloodsport, I got the sense more that he's like a villain by circumstance. And once he's thrust into the hero role, honestly, I could see him as like an wow. anti-hero now. You, you know? just, you, 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 you put it in a phrase that I think really summed it up well. The yeah. villain, villain by circumstance. Yeah is like i think that that is that's like that is what separates the blood sports and the amanda wallers yes. you know yeah like peacemaker even is mm-hmm. a villain by circumstance because cuz he's just yeah. doing what he's kind of in a way being brainwashed to be told is right really quick aside about peacemaker cuz i i researched him i don't know if you know his backstory but like it's insane. Like he was raised by a Nazi commandant, um, and he he believes that the people he's killed or people who are killed in the vicinity of him are trapped inside of his helmet, and they speak to him and they they give him insight. Um, so you know, Peacemaker is really like going through wow. some stuff. Yeah, but like you know, that's the thing with him is like you know, Peacemaker. Yeah, it was brought up by a Nazi. You know, right. and like you just by like knowing that you know you're like you can't like forgive him for all the things he's done obviously but like because you know people need to take some responsibility but you know you you instantly be like well you know oh wait i don't know if i can cuss on this podcast it's okay i'll just mark it i'll just mark the thing as explicit maybe you could edit that one part out. all right but no, um, don't worry about it don't don't worry about it okay but um yeah i yeah but like you know i think every but every character in the movie I think, well, I mean, maybe there wasn't a character as explicitly like becoming a hero as Bloodsport. Because um, I definitely like feel like Bloodsport came out of this movie, like almost being, well, uh, not not being like a superhero, but like being a heroic character or like a heroic leader in a way, you know, like, because right. that specific moment where they turn around, um, I love that moment so much. Like, because um, it, uh, it was, it was just, I mean, you know, you you see it in films all the time. Like you see the this is the moment where we got to pick up the baton now. But like, yeah, yeah it just yeah. really worked in this. Yeah, dude, dude. When they started running, yeah, like I was getting like, oh, well, like excited. You know, like yeah, me too. I, I was like, 
yes <laughs> yes and like it, it, it's really a case of like you said where villain by circumstance but like he's presented the circumstance to be heroic yeah. not necessarily be a, a hero like not superman not like a spider-man type thing character but like the chance to do something heroic and he just he takes it and it's, yeah it's one of those things where <laughs> I, I i i can't really say that i'd be able to see the same thing for amanda waller you know oh yeah or even deadshot because in the first movie deadshot like doesn't do that it's just like well mm-hmm. i can't remember exactly but it's not as clear-cut as like Bloodsport. you know who could definitely could have like just just dropped like they finished their mission you know right Especially, well you know, yeah well, I was going to say, I actually think that mm-hmm. it's interesting to bring that up because you, it would it'd be hard to see that happen for Deadshot, but I I don't think that that movie yeah. presents opportunities to be heroic. Well, there's a, there's a couple of moments, actually, now that I'm thinking back, because, like, Deadshot is supposed to kill Harley Quinn at one point and, like, you know, shoot her down, and he doesn't. But, like, that's just, like, you know, I mean, professional courtesy, maybe. Or like, it could be professional courtesy, but it could also just be, like... yeah a villain isn't going to like get rid of someone that they're working with. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's also apparently a scrapped like love plot between them and the original cut, uh, which is, you know, interesting. Maybe, maybe that's a remnant <laughs> of that. Um, but um, I just, I don't want to overly compare it, but I think like blood sport was just like the intention behind the Deadshot character, but like done in a way that I really, really enjoyed. And I, I think, yeah, like maybe to wrap up on the circumstance thing, like, you know, once Bloodsport was given an opportunity to be heroic and like, you know, to be seen in that light, even if it was by someone by like Amanda Waller who just wanted to use him. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, because like she tried to kill him, right? She tried to like. Yeah. You know. And then her her employees <laughs> stopped her. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, <laughs> I, just, I just thought of, I just thought about all those people. Mm-hmm. I love how the first one or this this one like opens up in a way yeah that is just so true to how you someone would expect to like go into the movie like yeah. like you're like okay well like someone's gonna die right it, it reminds me of a movie called the cabin in the woods i don't know if you've seen it i've heard of but, it but um uh one of the it's not even a plot twist in the movie it's like the main plot of the movie is like that uh this like cabin in the woods horror disaster thing is all a ploy and it's like this company i don't i don't know what you'd call them this organization and like they make bets on what creature is going to be the thing that's released that takes out the people in the cabin and seeing the employees at the beginning of of this new suicide squad film just openly betting on who's gonna die just feels (laughs) like the perfect way to kind of encapsulate how a lot of the fan base didn't care about the characters in the first one you know what yeah, i mean true I, I also felt like it would that that stuff in the beginning made me feel like this like that's i got really like sequel vibes from that you know it was like hey everybody knows the premise like we know what's going on you know there's nothing like like you got also got the sense of the suicide squad had been around for a while and like rotated through probably multiple team members right um also this is something i didn't get watching it but apparently the dude like in the chair you know the computer guy mm-hmm. um he's the warden of the penitentiary apparently 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't have warden vibes, but you you're, know. Talk, you're talking about the guy with glasses. He's the warden. Yeah, I looked him up, and he's he's playing the warden in Peacemaker of Bell Rev, and he plays the warden of Bell Rev in Suicide Squad. <laughs> so. What? That's yeah. so weird. Well, it makes me it makes me wonder if Bell Rev has become more of like just a holding for Suicide Squad members, task uh, task force X members. I could know? I could believe that. And y- yeah. you want to know something else about that actor specifically? Sure. Yeah. He does the uh, mo mocap for King Shark. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's he's just had an interesting yeah whatever. Yeah. Well. What did you think? Um, what did you think of the Amanda Waller getting knocked out scene? I mean, I'm I'm not even joking. Mm-hmm. It relieved me so much because the movie made such a strong point of the anyone can die aspect, yeah. and I, I before I even stepped foot in the theater, I was expecting this to be Harley Quinn's like final thing where and she, i thought she was gonna die oh my gosh actually we didn't even talk about that who 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 wait who did you think was gonna die before i don't know uh, i mean aside from well you know some of the ads showed like 20 people yeah i thought okay i thought pete davidson's character was gonna die <laughs> like like for sure yeah. I, I i didn't think he was gonna die first but i, I knew he was gonna die I, I i i thought john cena and idris elba weren't going to die yeah oh, yeah other than that it was kind of open game, except I I really thought Harley Quinn was going to die in this film. Not not in like a very quick way. I thought it was going to be like some tragic death at the end of the film because she's had three movies. Her character is very developed. Like I, it, I, it's something that people yeah. are so attached to that if she died, they'd care about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I totally get that. I I think I think though I read like an article with. Margot Robbie and how she's like super committed to the character so mm-hmm. I I was like pretty sure that she wasn't gonna die plus you know Warner Brothers is not done making money from Harley Quinn so they're yeah. not gonna I mean yeah that's you fair. know um it's, yeah. it's good that she didn't though like yeah I, I think so like Obviously, I yeah. think like you said like they like one uh financially mm-hmm. they've have tons of potential for yeah. the character like she can easily make them millions of dollars still yeah but and i just like want to see more. i want to see more margot robbie obviously and and stuff and I, yeah i i guess maybe the reason i thought she was gonna die is because of my lack of faith <laughs> in dc's storytelling yeah <laughs> like it just seemed like the type of thing where they're like okay well like this is like a good point for her to stop you know Fair. but like if they're gonna keep like if they kept her on long enough, mm-hmm. like maybe like five more movies or like four more movies down the road where she's in them, and then she kicks the bucket, then yeah. it'll be very impactful. She you know has her I mean? Infinity Stone snapping moment when <laughs> Dark Side comes. And- <laughs> yeah, dude. I hope Dark Side comes. Anyway, we, we can talk about that another time. But <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, okay. So interestingly enough. I actually did not even consider that the main cast would die. I just thought that obviously like the, the first team, I'm pretty sure I knew all of them were going to die, but then I didn't think that any of the, like, you know, the team two were going to die actually. Um, so when Polka Dot Man died, I was like, oh yeah. Um, like they, they can die. They can die. Also, <laughs> but I also thought King Shark was going to die at the moment when he was getting shot. Like I thought he was just going to die there and like, that would be it. 
mm-hmm. that would have been so sad. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm I'm glad that most of them were killed. Honestly, I'm kind of sad that Captain Boomerang was killed, mostly because like he's a Flash villain, and I want to see him in other stuff. Um, but uh, and also I don't know. I, I for some reason thought he was part of Team Two based on the marketing, but I guess I was mis misreading it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I think they intentionally led you to misread mm-hmm. it. Probably, like, yeah. I think, especially especially for general audiences, you you know, we're kind of in mm-hmm. a movie reviewing bubble, and like we kind of get into this sort of stuff. But like for general yeah. audiences, like the way that like trailers are cut and stuff, like they could have gone in there not knowing who was like associated with what team or anything oh, like yeah. that. Like, oh yeah. And, uh, I, like, I wonder if the beginning was way more impactful for people because I wish, like, some I kind of wish I didn't realize that they were all gonna die in the beginning um because they're like, pretty big actors too playing you know yeah. the the movie opens with michael rooker yeah and michael rooker is dead within 20 minutes oh gosh you know what i mean like and, that, yeah that was a very bold move in my opinion they like the fact that they open with his character and and like that whole first sequence kind of focuses on his character too oh, that first sequence oh my gosh like what if what if you went into this movie and you were just going to see it because pete davidson is your favorite <laughs> actor uh, like you get your heart crushed he is uh, yeah and he's like so oh i mean he has like two scenes but you know, right it's like the most unlikable out of all of them <laughs> no offense yeah. to pete davidson but i think that's like something that he pulls off very well yeah no i i agree he he kind of he was cast very well um yeah, yeah the the beginning <laughs> i'm just thinking i'm thinking of nathan fillion's detachable arms at this moment <laughs> i honestly thought he was gonna like you know kick some butt and like do really good um and like <laughs> you see the arms just like floating like you could clearly tell that the it was like a very practical effect like like hanging from like puppet threads or something like is how they probably shot it was, so like they just like yeah. their floating looks so like not good for combat <laughs> it was i don't know i just thought i thought like they were gonna show shooting lasers or something or mm-hmm. i don't I, I guess i shouldn't have expected too much also like his arms like the, the bone looked like it was like you know positioned as like a doll <laughs> like bone an socket. action figure yeah like an action yeah. figure yeah. that was so weird <laughs> All right, but I mean, like, yeah, if you're going into this movie and you didn't know anything about the Suicide Squad, didn't see the first movie, and you're just like, okay, comic book movie, and they all die in the first 20 minutes of the movie, and like, that would be so mind blowing, I feel like. Um, but you know, the movie, the rest of the movie is just as good, I feel like. So, like, I'm, I don't feel like I was cheated out of anything, of course, um, by knowing too much about comic books, I guess. Um, but that's I, I think just what I'm trying to say here is like in general, that is such a cool way to open up a movie and market a movie too. The cast right. like tons of big actors and then and then like <laughs> switch it up like that. Yeah. That's super cool. Um so you know, and only James Gunn being given a blank check can could do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh I just it all it almost feels like 
I can't imagine other scenarios where like you like build like this huge ensemble thing. Like maybe like a movie like the A Team. I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't personally I, watched it. The, but, you know, the like, newest one. Yeah. Well, it's just, or not. No, no, no. Sorry, not the A Team. The, 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 the Expendables. Yeah. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth. That's what I was thinking. You know, something like that. But like, you just don't see like this like huge ensemble cast just get wiped. I was trying know? to think of another movie that does that and. Like, well, what about just like movies that switch up protagonists, you know, like have a marketing of one well, person? Well, uh, you know, like Psycho. Um, you know, oh. I, don't, I don't know how it was marketed, but like mm-hmm. the film opens up with this character that you're following. Right. And then like mm-hmm. famously killed in the shower. And it's like, oh, true. You know, yeah. it's it's. It's a, it's a little different, but, like, I think that that's, like, the sort of, like, trope, if it is a trope, that, like, kind of birthed, leading to, like, this, like, yeah. following, like, 20 people that you're just, like, <laughs> not expecting. Well, you might be expecting, but just, like, 20 people that, like, just out of the movie. Yeah. That, yeah. That opening was brilliant. Um, I Maybe also, though, about Harley Quinn, what we were saying, you know... I, I would have loved, I think, like, you know, we said, if she had linked up in some way with the second team sooner, then got separated and did her old general thing. And right. then, you know, came back. Yeah, because she did feel a little separate, but it's okay. Because I know she's going to be in more. But yeah, like, I, I didn't really expect any of them to die. Um, and I'm glad that most of them didn't. I think in retrospect, if I look back, I think Bloodsport honestly might have been the most maybe the, the the candidate to die the most i guess because like you set up as the hero and then right. like tragically dies or something and or or maybe maybe i don't know but I, i'm I'm glad they didn't that most of them didn't die i think i think that's really good and i just loved all the characters like you said like um i don't think there was a main character that i disliked um honestly Agreed. i even liked amanda waller in the sense of like respected her because viola sure. davis is like a, a master at what she's doing um so yeah just great movie <laughs> great movie i really liked it great movie averaging out to a 9.5 out of 10 with our two scores i'd yeah. say that's pretty good mm-hmm. um okay to wrap up this is on the fly okay our wrap-up segment your favorite favorite and your least favorite least favorite go <laughs> what's your favorite favorite thing in the movie uh, okay okay i was gonna say what am i supposed to do um <laughs> could be anything okay um i think i said it earlier but i'm gonna go to the cheesy one and my favorite thing was the the rat scene with taika watiti um, gotcha. I just saw a combination of so many great things like a Taika, you know, cameo, um, a flashback coming in the middle of like the biggest action scene in the movie, which is, you know, takes a lot of guts, but worked really well. Um, and the line itself was really beautiful, you know, about rats having purpose and stuff. And, purpose. Yeah. Um, that was probably my favorite moment in the, in the movie. Um, and then least favorite. Yeah. Your least favorite, least favorite thing. Okay. Oh, this one's gonna be a bit harder um <laughs> just what did you hate the most in such a great oh, movie gosh 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 gosh, gosh. <laughs> oh no it's um, it, it's tough 
Give me, give me ten seconds. Uh, Here, or... I, I, I can tell you mine. Sure. You, I think, you I think for me, it's just the stuff with Harley Quinn. The like how we were talking about like, and I mean it's I'd hardly say I didn't want to that say I that hate too, this, but but I kind of agree. Just but... like just what we were talking about, like being separated from the main batch yeah. so much. No, it's not, not the not the content, but the way it's positioned in the movie. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we agree. I think okay, my favorite right. thing to close. I think my favorite thing is Sebastian. Oh gosh, just everything about him. Did you know that's that's an actual rat? Oh gosh, that is li- the the rat's name is Jaws, and no. it is a trained rat. Oh gosh, it's great. <laughs> Maybe I kind of want to change my. Oh, I already said my. I, I'm just going to say everything to do with the rats in this movie is my Dude, favorite. honestly, everything to do with Ratcatcher. Yeah, everything to do with Ratcatcher. She's probably my favorite character in the film. Yeah. For, like, as a as a well-rounded way of saying my favorite. Like, we I didn't don't even, think she's the We didn't even really part. talk about her too much. To be, um, like, do you, want to, wait, do you want to talk about Ratcatcher really quick? Dude, I think all that we really need to say or at least all that i really need to say is just like i i cared about her the most and she was introduced in this film it it could have been really easy to care about like rick flag or harley quinn the most but like there is a way that this character was written that really makes you empathize with her oh my gosh yeah i so agree i mean i think just like from the first king shark scene because like you know, again, James Gunn is so good about like doing the most with very little. Um, you know, because she, she's the character, even though she's literally being eaten by King Shark, she turns around and is like, "I want to be your friend." You know, Forget and you're, you're, yeah, you're you're yeah. instantly like, "I love this character so much." Because how can you hate someone who's willing to forgive a literal, literal shark god? You know, that was trying to eat you. Was trying yeah. to eat her. Yeah, and. And, and then she's also super, like, you know, she's, like, the most powerful one on the team, probably, with the rats. And um, and and she's also just, you know, like, got a tragic, tragic backstory um, in a way. And she's just, she's wonderful. Like, she's a great character. And I think she, in another way, maybe, maybe that's just the theme of the movie is villains of circumstance. Because, like, if you think about it, all the villains of the movie are villains of circumstance. Because yeah. Ratcatcher... I don't even remember what she was in Bell Rev for. Was it just because she was the daughter of Ratcatcher One? Dude, I don't even know. I, yeah. I it, it 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 was so not important to her character. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, I mean, that's in the like thing, a, in like a yeah yeah. But she's not like you she's know, not she's, she's not defined by her misdeeds. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, I think also like you know, she's a lot of the themes of this were like people. These people are viewed as villains, right? Like, but they're really not super villainous when given the opportunity to be heroic you know and it, it says a lot about like how we look at people and how we you know we characterize people and how our characterizations of other people can affect them you know right. um and if people are just given a chance in a way like in this movie you know um they, they could take it or they might not but you know in this case like all these characters like like polka dot man dies a superhero you know yeah. um yeah 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 um and like yeah and he's super super you know redeemable but but i think that's i'll just i'll leave it at that as like you know i love i love how this movie took these characters and gave them a shot and they didn't 
let people down and they, they did good. And I really like that, you know, Oh, even, even the lowest, what I'm paraphrasing that quote, but like even the lowest of society, right. You have um, purpose or something like that. Right. Or whatever the right, right line was. That's why I love that scene so much. It goes like, you know, metaphor for the characters in the movie, but yeah. it worked. It worked really well for me. So um, agreed. That, yeah. Good movie. <laughs> okay. Good movie. Definitely. Uh, I mean, if you've listened to this whole discussion, like that's how we feel. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it. We're going to wrap up right there. Uh, we don't have a plan for what our next movie is, so we can't tell you what to be on the lookout for. Uh, but maybe that plan will come to fruition soon. Uh, yeah, it's been good. I'll uh, see you next time, man. Yeah, see you next time. Thanks for having me for the, the first one. Yeah, no problem. All right, see ya. See ya. So that's going to be all for this episode of Movie Reviews that no one asked for. If you enjoyed, please give us a follow on either Spotify or Apple Music or wherever this ends up and wherever you're listening to it. And if you made it this far into the episode... I love you. Kisses. Goodbye.